0: Act One of Galahad Jones, a comedy by Arthur Adams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Galahad Jones, a comedy with a tragic tang. Dramatized from Galahad Jones, a novel by Arthur H. Adams. Persons in the Comedy.
1: Galahad Jones, read by Adrian Stevens. Sybil
2: Beach, read by Beth Thomas. Hoyle, read by Devorah Allen.
3: The Butcher, read by Son of the Exiles.
4: Edward Beach, read by Todd. The Doctor, read by Alan Mapstone.
5: Kathy Jones, read by T. J. Burns.
6: Horace Lothian, read by Thomas Peter.
5: The Young Man, read by Yao. M. Jones, read by Sonia.
0: Stage Directions by Michael Maggs. Act One, Sybil's Garden and Over the Wall, the Street, Saturday Afternoon. Act Two, the same, the Evening After. Act Three, Interior of Galahad's mm. Dining Room. Sunday afternoon three weeks later Act four Sibyl's Garden and the Street the same evening The action takes place at Sydney, Australia Act one scene Looking from Sydney Harbour at the waterfront of a residence at Elizabeth Bay, your view takes in, in addition to the garden that slopes down to the water's edge, a portion of a curving narrow street that leads to the water you do not see the water which will be where the footlights are but you note the stone coping a few inches high which runs right across the stage a few feet behind the footlights representing the top of the stone wall that marks the harbour edge between the garden and the street runs a high stone wall the end of which protected by an ironwork affair of spikes you. The effect is that you can see both what is happening in the garden and what occurs in the street. A stone wall runs diagonally from your right to near the centre of the scene. A garden gate breaks it about halfway up. Portion of another stone wall right on the waterfront is seen jutting out on your right. A narrow footpath runs along the garden wall and at the corner there is a lamp-post. A couple of piles, the tops only being seen, rise a couple of feet above the stone coping of the waterfront at the near end of the street. The top of these piles would make a comfortable seat for a man fishing. The other end of the street is hidden by the curve of the wall, and over this wall are seen the tops of trees, and further off the roofs of buildings. The garden, occupying most of the scene, is terraced. From the waterfront it runs back, level for a few yards, then rises in a turf bank, capped by a low stone balustrade. Behind this a summer-house stands, covered with the purple of wisteria in blossom, a rustic-looking structure of untrimmed beams. A rough rustic wooden seat is at the door. A curving path runs down to the waterfront. It breaks the terrace by a few stone steps. Three garden seats are placed in the garden, one of them being set against the garden wall. Trees, shrubs, and flowers fill the garden as it runs back to the big house seen behind the foliage. On your left is a jacaranda tree in flower, a blue sky hangs over all it is late afternoon galahad jones a plump undistinguished genial middle-aged little man with a pudgy moustache dressed in the well-worn respectable clothes of a bank clerk past his illusions is seen on one of the piles at the waterfront of the street he has a small sprig of baronia in his buttonhole He is occupied in baiting a fishing-line, which is attached to a slim fishing-rod. He gets the parcel of bait from a squat little black businessman's bag at his side, baits the hook, and, lifting the rod, extends it over the water. In reality, he is fishing into the orchestra. He waits patiently for a bite. All through the following scene he remains completely absorbed in his fishing, Oblivious to any happenings over the wall or even behind his back, he lights his pipe, thinks he has a fish, pulls in his line to find that he has not caught anything, baits it again, and tries his luck once more with stolid patience. Sybil Beach and Pearl, the housemaid, come down the path into the garden. Sybil, a slight, beautiful, pallid, dark girl of seventeen looking very frail in her dainty summer dress, walks with languid steps, leaning on the arm of the buxom Pearl. Sibyl, pausing at the top of the steps and looking straight out.
7: Oh, the beautiful, beautiful harbour!
0: She draws a deep breath of delight, then turns to Pearl.
2: But are you sure? Yes, Miss Sibyl. No letters have come for you. You mean that you've had instructions from Father to hand my letters over to him, like the other servants? No, Miss Sybil. They simply hasn't come. I don't think the postman's been yet. But he must have written. Father won't let me hear from him. He says he can't understand me being in love, as if any girl could help being in love with Horace. His name is Horace, Miss.
0: She helps Sybil down the steps. Yes. With a look at Pearl.
7: You must help me, Pearl. You're the only one in all the house that can help me. I suppose when you came two days ago, you thought you were just coming to an ordinary house. And ain't it, miss? No, it's a prison. A prison, miss? Law? Yes, that big wall is the wall of a prison.
0: Sitting languidly on the garden seat.
7: And I'm the prisoner, and father is the jailer. I'm kept here because the doctor thinks I'm ill. You don't think I'm ill, do you? A little tired-looking, Miss Sibyl, that's all. Yes, I'm always tired. I seem to get more tired every day, but not ill. I haven't got a single symptom. And so I'm in prison, and over that big wall, Horace is dying to come to me.
2: Well, miss, why don't he come?
7: Because he doesn't know where I am. We only moved here a fortnight ago. Our other house was on the tram line, and the doctor told father I had to have perfect quiet. And didn't you write and tell this here, Horace? Father made me promise not to write to him, and I suppose he's been writing and writing to our old house, and it's shut up. But,
2: Miss, the letters would be sent on here. So they are, but Father takes them. But, Miss, are you sure? Father says no letters have come, but I know Horace,
7: so Father must have taken them.
2: I tell you what, Miss Sybil, I'll look out for the postman myself today. Pearl, you're not in the conspiracy with the rest of them to keep me away from Horace? mr beach told me to look after you miss and see that you didn't tire yourself or get excited like but he never said a word about keeping letters from you the idea perhaps miss this mr horace has forgot to write horace forget why he loves me i've had boys as swore they loved me too why there was such a nice gent a butcher he was they made violent love to me in the back porch every day in my last place and would you believe it miss I found out he was doing the same to every girl he delivered the meat to down the street. Forget? Why, he just wiped off the kiss I gave him and got ready for the next. Greasy kisses they was, too. Horace,
7: forget? And yet, what if he hasn't written? Oh, he might be ill, or dead, and I don't know. Father keeps me in like a naughty schoolgirl, and I'm
2: seventeen. Pearl, you must help me. That'll i do, Miss Sybil you'd do the same for me if ever i wanted to see my butcher again which i don't except to slap his handsome face why don't you write to him miss i'll post your letter i promised father but pearl do look over the wall and see if if the postman
7: is coming
0: pearl goes to the seat against the wall and standing on one of its broad arms looks over the wall concealing her head behind the foliage of a tree which at this point tops the wall
2: There's nobody here, except an old chap fishing.
0: Sibyl, immediately Pearl has gone, takes up a novel she was carrying, and in opening it, three envelopes drop out. She hastily picks them up, and with a scared look at Pearl, whose back is turned, conceals them in her book and pretends to read. Pearl, who is still gazing over the wall, surprised.
2: Oh!
0: The butcher appears in the street he is dressed in spotless white duck with a striped butcher's apron and carries jauntily a basket of meat he is young immaculately neat and brilliantly handsome in a full-blooded slightly coarse way he is passing round the corner to go up the street when he notices galahad fishing at this moment galahad has got his first bite he excitedly pulls in his line, and the butcher, excited too, waits behind him to watch. There is no fish, however, and both are disappointed. No luck, mister
1: I had a bite. I distinctly had a bite. A big un too.
3: They're always whoppers, the ones you don't catch. lo, What's that smell? Oh that bit of baronia. Lovely, ain't it? Reminds me of Paul Cracklin.
1: Yes, I brought it in the street, dunno what for. Cost me threepence too. Seems a sort of memory in its perfume. Takes me back. Reminds me of my wife.
3: I shouldn't think that sort of memory was very exciting, boss.
1: Oh, not my wife as she is. But when she was a girl, when I first knew her, when I was in love
3: with her. Well, that smell of Always makes me think of bore cracklin. I've got a bit of a
1: cold, and I believe the scent of this baronia makes me sneeze. I'll take it home to little Gracie. Do you know that child simply dotes on flowers?
3: Well, this won't pay me rent. So long.
1: I'll have that big one yet.
0: He begins to beat his line.
3: Yes, I don't think.
0: The butcher goes jauntily up the street. Galahad goes back to his fishing. Pearl, who has been watching excitedly.
2: Oh! Is it the postman? No.
0: She jumps down.
2: But, miss, who do you think i seen? Horace? No, I don't know him, miss. It was the butcher. My butcher. And I haven't set eyes on him for three months. Perhaps he's our butcher, Pearl run away and take in the meat oh miss i'd like to just to snub him but the master told me never to leave you alone out ere you might faint he says there you go like the rest of them making out i'm ill
7: i'll be all right sitting here and looking out over the water it's beautiful as the evening comes on and
2: the warships and the ferry-boats light up very well miss thank you Oh, just won't i knock him the brute
0: She goes up the steps and into the house at the back. Sibyl, as soon as Pearl is out of sight, looks cautiously round, gets up, looks round at the summer house, and extracts the three envelopes from the book.
7: I don't trust Pearl either. They're all against me.
0: Opening an envelope and taking out the enclosure.
7: Father has forbidden me to write to Horace, but I'm sure he's keeping Horace's letters. That's not fair. Besides, he didn't say anything about not writing to anybody else.
0: She reads the letter.
7: A woman in sore need confidently asks your aid, for only you can help me. I am among enemies, watched and powerless. This afternoon at half-past five you must meet me in the garden. Come in by the gate in the wall. See that no one notices you entering, for secrecy is essential.' "'Come to the summer-house. "'I shall be waiting there, praying that my night will come. "'If you are not afraid to assist me, "'in how desperate a case I am you may judge by this appeal to a stranger. "'Make some inconspicuous gesture beneath the wall. "'I shall be watching you through the trees at the top of the wall. "'But do not wave or take the slightest notice of me. "'I may be watched. "'Just pretend to sneeze. "'I shall understand. "'A woman. "'There, that ought to bring him. "'But I haven't addressed it. "'Let me see, Mr... "'But I don't know who will pick it up, and it must be addressed. Ah, yes.'
0: She prints in pencil on the envelope.
7: "'To you.'
0: Taking the other envelopes, she does the same.
7: "'In case the first misses fire.'
0: Then, with another look round, she goes to the seat under the wall, climbs up on it, and looks over the wall through the foliage.
7: "'Nobody in sight. Nobody ever does come down this lane except butchers.'
0: She notices Galahad fishing.'
7: That man fishing, I wonder. No, he's altogether too commonplace to be my knight. I'll just drop one quietly here, and someone...
0: She is about to drop the letter, when she hears a sound behind her, slips down and looks up the garden path from the shelter of the summer-house.
7: Father! And the doctor! Oh, they mustn't see me here. They'd send me into bed.
0: She hides in the summer-house. Through the lattice-work... You can see her white form on a seat mr beach and the doctor come down the path mr beach is an elderly man well-dressed capable the typical successful bank manager the doctor is youthful precise clever looking
8: you can tell me here it's cooler
0: they come down the steps and sit on the seat the doctor remains silent
8: well doctor what do your colleagues think of sybil she's getting better isn't
4: she i'm sorry mr beach i can't promise that at present
8: not better
4: surely of course we can never be quite sure nature has her own miracles but mr beach i say seriously it will need a miracle
8: You can't mean, doctor. No, she's all I have.
4: I had a consultation this afternoon with the two specialists, the best specialists in Sydney, and they agree with me. I'm sorry to say that your daughter cannot live more than three weeks.
0: A slight stifled cry is heard in the summer-house, and Sybil is seen to rise and, horror-stricken, lean against the door listening
8: three weeks to die doctor oh no she's so young so full of life
4: it's a case of progressive anaemia a rare disease in fact we know very little about it and we can do less some change in the white corpuscles of the blood a progressive change The patient simply wastes away. We can only prescribe rest and quiet, and to make her last days as happy as possible.
8: Her last days?
4: Still, some cases, some of the worst, have unaccountably recovered.
8: There's hope, then.
4: A shred of hope. But it is my duty to warn you not to build too much on that hope.
8: Then... then my sibyl to die
4: she may have three weeks at the utmost
8: three weeks of life and she is only seventeen
4: it may be less any excitement would be fatal
8: then i shall be quite alone but she has no symptoms she's only tired and run down
4: there's one certain test i'll make it to-morrow i didn't do it today i don't want to frighten her to make her think she's so ill if i prick her finger she has so little blood in her that it won't bleed not bleed i'll see tomorrow but i'm sure and my colleagues agree with me keep her as much in the oatmeal as possible this garden
0: rising and moving blindly across to the other seat
8: this garden without Sybil.
0: the doctor follows him
8: so full of life why the, the poor child is actually in love
0: Sybil, as she sees them moving away from her makes a despairing tragic gesture and faints falling inside the summer-house
4: in love
8: oh some trifling affair with a youth i've not even seen met him outside somewhere in a tram i found out and stopped
4: it quite right any emotional excitement would be immediately fatal
8: a boy and girl affair but she takes it as a matter of life and death life and death i forbidden her to write to him
4: but she gets his letters that's dangerous
8: no he hasn't written for a month or more he's forgotten her but sibyl believes in him thinks he writes poor child and that i confiscate his letters could i tell her he's forgotten her
4: no it would only excite her come mr beach You will have all the medical skill available. Nothing is absolutely sure in this life, not even death. We must hope for a miracle.
8: The miracle. I shall pray for the miracle.
0: He goes up the steps.
8: My Sybil. I shall have her for three weeks. And then...
0: He breaks down.
8: Oh, the pretty baby she was in her little cot
4: come come mr beach you must pray for the miracle
0: they go up the path the doctor comforting the broken man no sound or movement comes from the summer-house cathy jones and horace appear in the street cathy is a pretty girl of seventeen without any individuality cheaply dressed yet with the effect of smartness that comes from her employment in a millinery shop. Horace is just the superbly dressed, self-satisfied, youthful clerk in a city office, his ideas at present being banded by a possible rise in his screw and the various charm of girls. At present he is completely absorbed in Cathy, and she in him so it is that with the lover's supreme disdain of the rest of the world they do not notice the inconspicuous figure of galahad intent on his line his back to them horace as they come slowly down his arm round her and halt near the lamp-post at the corner
6: what a ripping street this is cathy
5: go on now horace what's there ripping about it
0: it's so quiet he stands with his back to galahad why anything could happen here
5: it's too near home for my taste mother might spot us
0: why do you live about
6: here
5: just round the corner and down the next street there i shouldn't have told you that
6: why not kathy
5: i don't really know you do i
6: i think we know each other very well well enough to he attempts to kiss her
5: no you don't i'm not going to let you till i know you haven't got another girl
6: but i haven't really
5: who's that girl a pale thin thing i've seen you with
6: you've never seen me with any other girl since i've known you kathy
5: no but this was before you and me
6: oh her i was a bit struck on her then her name's Sybil, but that's all off i haven't seen her for a month it was too risky her father made a promise not to see me again. Besides, it wasn't serious. Just flirting.
5: And how do I know you're not just flirting with me?
6: Cathy, this is different. I... I've never liked a girl so much as you before.
5: Straight, Horace? And that other girl? Sybil?
6: I tell you, I've done with her. A fellow makes mistakes, you know. I soon saw she wasn't my type. I don't even know where she lives now.
5: She looked very pretty, Horace.
6: Nothing like as pretty as you, (laughs) Cathy.
5: I suppose I must believe you.
6: Then that's all right.
0: He attempts, warily, to kiss her again.
5: It's wrong meeting you like this.
0: It's very nice.
5: It is nice. That's what makes it wrong. But if father knew...
6: What's your father?
5: He's in a bank.
6: Well, let's hope he's in his bank now.
5: No, he's always pottering about. He goes fishing.
0: Suddenly noticing Galahad's back.
5: Why, there's a man fishing there.
0: Horace, noticing Galahad, who is wildly intent on his line. Oh, he doesn't matter.
5: Oh, I do believe it's father.
0: Oh. They tiptoe up the street. Galahad, not observing them, goes on fishing in the summer-house in the garden sibyl coming from her faint slowly sits up and makes her way to the rustic seat the realization of her fate slowly comes to her face to
7: die only three little weeks no i'll not give in i'll live Why, I've got everything to live for. If Horace didn't love me, I wouldn't care. But he does, so there's nothing the matter with me. The doctor is just scaring father. And yet he said something about a test. If he pricked my finger, it wouldn't bleed. That's nonsense.
0: She takes a pin out of her dress and deliberately drives it into her finger, wincing. She watches it carefully, then holds the finger up. There is no blood on it. (sighs)
7: It doesn't bleed. Then... then I must die.
0: Bravely.
7: But if I have to die, I'll not die like this, in prison. Excitement would be fatal. Well, let it. I've got three long weeks, and I'll live every second of them. I'll make them thirty years. Why, Horace and I have a whole lifetime before us. Oh, no, I can't waste a moment.
0: She picks up her book from the door of the summer-house and takes the three envelopes from it
7: i was only half in earnest before i did it for fun but now
0: she goes to the seat under the wall mounts it and looks over into the street the only person in sight is galahad vexed
7: oh only that silly man fishing
0: a young man appears well dressed the figure of the knight she is craving for sybil throws the first letter at his feet he picks it up After a look around, reads the address, chuckles, and reads it through.
7: They don't have me. I've been played that trick before.
0: He tears the letter into pieces and goes out. Beast! An old gentleman appears.
7: He doesn't look like a knight, but I'm desperate.
0: She throws a letter at his feet. The old gentleman peers around, pokes at it with his umbrella clucks his tongue, and passes out shaking a knowing old head.
7: Brute! Never even read it! And oh, how lonely it looks lying there! If only my knight would come along and pick it up!
0: The butcher reappears. He is stepping jauntily along when he sees the letter. He picks it up and looks at it.
7: A butcher! Pearl's butcher! Oh, his greasy fingers!
0: To herself.
7: Please give it back
0: to you he looks at the wall sybil ducks he opens it and reads it
3: another of em I simply
0: can't leave me alone catching sight of sybil's incautious head kisses the letter and waves it
3: what Oh,
0: sybil ducks
3: she's a bit of all right
0: he comes to the end of the wall and tries to peer in
3: didn't recognize her though must be a new un love at first sight but i can't waste time on every bit of skirt that falls in love with me but i'd like to see who she is and that's the only house in the street that i don't serve me luck's out
0: he reads the letter again.
3: I mustn't attract anybody's attention. She's watched.
0: Noticing Galahad.
3: That Blake's a detective. Meet her at half past five. Why, it's that now. And I've got it deliver to a dozen houses
0: yet. Louder to her.
3: Can't do it today, my dear, but I'll be along tomorrow night at eight o'clock. You be there, and when it's your night out, I'll be waiting at the back gate. What o?
0: He carefully folds up the letter, puts it in his basket under the meat, and disappears.
7: My letter among his greasy meat. Oh, and I prayed for a
1: night
0: galahad has by this time had enough of his fishing and has fixed up his rod and line he looks at his watch
1: half-past five must be toddling home to tea
0: he picks up his rod in one hand and his black bag in the other
1: mustn't keep m waiting
0: he blows his nose
1: dash this cold i'll be sneezing again
0: looking at the baronia
1: it's that baronia i've a good mind to chuck it away No. Gracie would like it.
0: He moves up the street. Sybil, in desperation, throws the third letter at his feet. He peers round and picks up the letter.
1: To me, some
0: mistake. He looks up at the wall. Sybil waves her hand encouragingly.
1: A woman's hand.
0: The hand withdraws.
1: It must be for me.
0: He places the rod against the wall and reads the letter
1: a woman asks your aid among enemies secrecy is essential i shall be waiting do not wave be careful just pretend to sneeze no it's a trap some adventuress wants to lead me astray i've seen em on the stage me galah jones with a wife and a family meet her at half-past five why it's that now a woman i've never seen except a hand a beautiful hand like Em's, when I first knew her. But what would they think of me at the bank? And what would the wife think? It's too risky, and yet, that slim, white hand. No, it's time to go home to tea. I'll go straight home. Mustn't keep Em waiting.
0: He picks up the rod, turns and goes determinedly up the street, but stops.
1: Oh, I'm going to sneeze. I can't help it.
0: He drops the rod and sneezes. He looks up and, to his consternation, sees Sibyl's hand waving once more to him. He comes back.
1: Oh well, I'm in for it now. I've taken wait.
0: He goes up to the gate, but finds it locked. Locked. He climbs laboriously over, still with his black bag in his hand. Sibyl runs to the summer-house and hides inside galahad comes down the path and goes doubtfully to the summer-house
7: so you've come oh that's good of you
0: she gives him her hand clumsily he takes it
7: you can't know how i depended on you you are the only person in the world who can help me you'll help me won't you
0: yes yes
1: anything i can do of course as long as it's not illegal oh but what must i do
7: i'll tell you i'm shut up here not in prison really but my father thinks me ill and won't let me go out or get letters so i have to make use of you you don't know how relieved i was when you sneezed you did it so naturally too i'm sure if anybody was listening they couldn't have told it from a really truly sneeze the sort of sneeze that you simply have to a man who could sneeze like that is the very sort of conspirator i want
1: oh that's nothing for a lady in distress but why did you select me
7: you were my last resort oh i tried two
1: others first you didn't pick me out
7: oh no you were the third the other letters were wasted i've been throwing over letters all afternoon i was desperate but you look kind and i chanced it and i'm so glad
1: so am i but i don't even know your name
7: oh you can call me sybil
1: miss sybil i'll do anything for you in reason
7: first you must swear a dreadful oath
1: the only time i swear is when i'm annoyed and i'm not at all annoyed now
7: i mean you must swear secrecy you mustn't even let my father know or anybody
1: It doesn't sound quite respectable you sure you're not a secret society
7: no you must swear that you will not betray me
1: oh i'll swear that all right i'll never betray you
7: that's all right i love someone very dearly i love him as much as i love life no more than i love
1: life but but you've never even seen me before
7: you you dear old thing you don't imagine i'm in love with you no you're joking
1: yes i was joking but who
7: horace lothian
1: i don't know him
7: of course you don't
1: and is he in love with you
7: yes yes he must love me because there are only three weeks you must bring him here tomorrow night.
1: Why doesn't he come himself?
7: Because he doesn't know where I am. We've only just moved here, and Father won't let me write to him. So you'll bring him?
1: I would have helped you elope or kill a constable with a bomb, and all you want is a messenger boy. <laughs> but I'll do it. Where is he?
7: He's in Bluffs, a clerk.
1: I'll fetch him, and now I must be off. This is trespassing, and I'll be late for tea, and, you know, the wife.
7: Your wife? You're married?
1: Oh, yes, I'm married right enough.
7: What's her name?
1: M. M. We've got five children. Five? The oldest girl, Kathy, is just about your age, so you could see it wouldn't do to be caught here.
7: Oh, and I've got you into danger. I never suspected from the look at you that you'd have seven children. Five. Well, five. But you mustn't tell your wife.
1: Oh, i tell her everything.
7: She'd be jealous.
1: M. Jealous? Um, yes. I don't see quite how I could explain you. You're sworn to secrecy. So I am. But there's another thing. I'm in a bank.
7: Why, my father is a bank manager.
1: You haven't told me your other name, Miss Sybil.
7: You haven't told me yours. Jones. Jones? It's hardly the name I would have chosen for a knight.
1: My first name is Galahad.
7: That's better. Galahad. Jones. I shall call you Galahad.
1: My wife calls me Galley, but your other name?
7: Oh, hush, there's someone coming. Father, perhaps. If he finds you here, quick, hide.
0: Oh, if M found out. Still with the black bag in his hand.
1: No, I won't go. I'm not afraid. No Galahad ever was. I'll stay by you, and if any man touches a hair of your head.
7: Stupid! You'll be caught and put in jail. And then how will I see Horace again?
0: Horace? I was
1: forgetting horace
0: he hides behind the summer house into which sibyl goes mr beach comes down the path smoking a cigar and strolls back and out
7: it was father you can't stay here another minute he'll come back quick over the wall and you'll bring horace tomorrow night
1: not much i've had enough trespassing it's illegal and if em found out oh and i did think you were my knight You see, it's hard for a bank clerk to be a knight all at once. A knight with a wife and five children. I've never done this sort of thing before. There's i M.
7: -M, I'm tired of her.
1: Tired? You wait till you've been married to her for twenty years.
7: I'm sorry I spoke like that. I'm sure she loves you.
1: Yes. Now I come to think of it, she does.
7: Then you'll bring Horace? You'll be my knight?
1: I'll be your knight. For this one occasion. Goodbye.
7: Goodbye, Sir Galahad.
0: She gives him her hand. Sir Galahad. He kisses her hand clumsily.
7: Hush! There's father again. I must go.
0: She goes quickly off up the path. Galahad, left standing in a muse, drops the black bag which he has clutched in his hand since the entrance into the garden, slowly raises the hand that held hers, and kisses it.
1: <laughs> night sir galahad
0: curtain picture on re-raising the curtain galahad notices dropped bag picks it up and turns to go off up the path the ordinary bank clerk once more end of act one